Hey there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're tuned in to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Hi there, and welcome to the Nerd of Godcast. My name is Tony T., and this is that perfect combination of Saturday morning cartoons and Sunday school. So we, uh, we're here to, uh, to entertain and enlighten, and uh, we thank you once again for listening. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to connect with us outside of the podcast, we are on Twitter uh, pretty much all day long. You can follow us at Nerd of Godcast. You can also check us out on Facebook at Nerd of Godcast. And, um, and of course, if you're not social media uh, affluent, you're not social media savvy and you just want to do it the old-fashioned way, you can email us at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com because being monitored by Google is what the cool kids are doing. So uh, connect with us out there. Uh, If you downloaded this podcast on iTunes, check us out on SoundCloud. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, uh, take a trip over to iTunes and visit with us there. So welcome again to the Nerd of Godcast. I'm going to go around the table here and introduce the Nerd of Godcast crew. With me, as always, is producer Stevo. Hey, everybody. Stevo. Yes. A little more energy than that, man. Are you okay. are you tired and worn out today? <laughs> well, no. The last couple times that I've said stuff, you've said I was terrible. You said so, bangerang last time. <laughs> what's wrong with saying bangerang? I, I don't know. Are you a lost boy? Yeah, man. Oh, Shout out my lost boys. And then it says some kind of like ditty knob thing. Ba weep, grana weep, nitty bon. So did anybody get that reference? No. It's the universal greeting from the animated Transformers movie from the 80s. They uh, they teach well. it they teach it to uh, it was Hot Rod and Cup when they were on the planet uh, of the Quintessons yep. and they taught it when the Sharkticons attacked him you, of course the Sharkticons, the Sharkticons. Yeah. and what what I love and I, I don't know if this is why I remember it so well but later on in the movie they're somewhere it might be with the Sharkticons I can't remember it's been a while since I've seen the movie and. Hot Rod goes, what was that universal language for hello? Oh, never mind. I remember. And then just says it. Yeah. I thought that line was so useless, but so hilarious at the same well, time got, that I always remembered they, it. So you say, so you say, <laughs> ba weep, grana weep, nittibon, and then you offer them an Energon goodie. Yeah. Um, so anyway, now that you've taken us down that rabbit trail, <laughs> Steve-O, it's a special day for you today. Today is your birthday, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, yes, it is. And now, because... Public domain has once again saved us all from the uh, the licensing fees. We can sing happy birthday to you. Yeah. <clears throat> but we're not. With no, we're us not do to that. my right uh, <laughs> and the listener's left, <laughs> we have uh, player three, uh, the lovely Tori line. Hi, everyone. Tori, how's it going for you? It's going good. I finally finished this month's classes, so I've been sleeping in until like 11 every day. Good for you. You got to watch out, though. Sleeping in will stunt your growth. Oh, too late. Too late. <laughs> and moving across the table, we've got the big man himself, Quentin Gregory Neff. Hola, mis amigos. Hola, como esta, hermano? Oh, oh bien, mi amigo. Okay. Uh, what? <laughs> Hola, que pasa? Okay. So, uh, Neff, why the sudden outburst of uh, Espanol? I'm just, I'm just put, feeling a little Latin. Because you know, it's always way. Taco Tuesday somewhere, right? Exactly. Amen. Very, very good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, and uh, and I would love to get right into it. Today is a very special day, uh, not only because it's Steve-O's birthday, hey. uh, but today, I don't know why, if somebody knows the origin of this, please tell me, but from what I understand, today is Batman Day. Yeah, whoop, it's because whoop. it's Steve-O's birthday. Steve-O's birthday warrants Batman Day. I am Batman. Let me, uh, let, can I tell you, can I, uh, now I've known Steve-O for uh, about <laughs> a, about a, a decade of years. And uh, when I first so met Steve-O, 
Steve-O maintained that he did not like Batman because Batman was not a superhero because he didn't have superpowers. Uh, and I've heard other ignorant people say that as well. <laughs> uh, well since that time. I, I When I was a kid, I liked Batman, and I don't know what happened. When I became a teenager, I was just anti-Batman. The cynicism kicked in. Hater. Yeah, yeah I, was a, I was a Batman hater. Now, um, what what was it that changed your mind? Uh, oh, changed my mind to liking Batman. Mm-hmm. You made me watch Batman Begins. Oh, man. And then you gave me a bunch of Batman comics. Well, yeah. So I was like, wow, this character is fantastic. <laughs> and he quickly, very quickly, topped to my favorite character in literature and comics. Is topped a, uh, a verb? It is right now. Fantastic. <laughs> Steve-O's birthday. For your, for your birthday, I'm giving you a free pass on grammar tonight. Ah, yeah. That makes me feel so good. Gosh, uh, no. Full full, uh, full disclosure, and in my own defense, I introduced Steve-O to Jesus before I introduced him to Batman. <laughs> that is That's true. always he, good. you got to have priorities, you know what I mean? That's comforting. Uh, they're both important. One, uh, one you should definitely get to first. <laughs> One's of the light. One is the darkness. But because, um, but because today is Batman Day, uh, we are going to go through uh, and do a segment called The Big Top 5. Five, the big five, and uh, we're going to come up with the best five versions of Batman. Oh. Uh, so what we'll, what we'll do in this segment, uh, and if you're not uh, acclimated to the Batman mythos, uh, Tori is already disqualifying herself from the conversation, and I'm so sorry for that. I'm not like super disqualified, but I'm a little disqualified. Well, then you know what? <laughs> think about check this. Out at some point, don't probably. think of don't think of this as your limitations. Think of this as your potential for enlightenment. Oh, good. Well, he's still one of my favorites. I just don't That's like. That's right, Steve-O, We're going to make her educated. a believer tonight. This is what's yeah. going to happen. Uh, <laughs> so we what we're going to do is we've got five slots right here on my uh, my magical board, and uh, we're going to go ahead and fill it up with the people that have played Batman. I'm going to go ahead and limit this to television and movie portrayals. Of so Batman. no comic books. Television and movie only. What about video games? Television and movie only. Okay. Television and movie Batman's. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna cr- create one, two, three, four, five slots right here, and I'm gonna give you guys a chance to uh, to put yours out there. So uh, who who now give us two Batmans that belong on that list? Well, obviously you gotta you go. With give us number one and number two. The animated Batman. I can't remember his name right now, but he's been in so much. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. That, that, that was absolutely. that was gonna be that was mine too. So he's I can. That's number one for you, Steve-O? Oh, yeah. He's definitely okay. got to be there. Who, give me number two now. Number two, Christian Bale. He did a really good job portraying both Batman and Bruce Wayne. Okay. I, I, can, so. I'm, I can't really argue with that. Steven, what do you think, buddy? Um, well, I was going to say Kevin Conroy and Christian Bale. So well, those, are the... those were the two that you chose. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Conroy I just really love. Uh, he was in the, the, the Arkham games, but he was. I loved him in the television I know that. And I'm just, movies. I, I'm, <laughs> there's a, a reason why I mentioned them is because they got me into going back and watching some of the animated series because I loved his portrayal there. I wanted to see his original portrayal in the games and some of the, the animated movies that they did. And he just blew me blew me away. When I read a Batman book, it's the voice I hear in my head. Away. But I also really liked Michael Keaton's version. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the two Tim Burton ones, Uh just for personal reasons, but I out of those four, that little anthology, I preferred Michael Keaton over Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Definitely. So who do we need to eliminate from the pool of Batman right away? George Clooney. So no Clooney. Kill, no kill, Clooney. kill Clooney Batman. I'm sorry, Clooney. I, I, was I it liked, his fault I liked, or was it the movie's fault? I think it was the movie's was fault. The fault. But, I mean, that's kind of the thing. Though. We're talking about how well the Batman was. If we're talking about that, then I don't think 
Clooney's Batman can be in there, which kind of stinks because I think Clooney did a pretty good job as doing Bruce yeah, Wayne. Yeah, I was going to say, Wait, I like I like Clooney Do you think Bruce. that he did a good job as Bruce Wayne? I thought he was extremely unlikable as Bruce Wayne. I think he, he, he was an interesting take on Bruce Wayne. I don't know if he did it the right way or not, but the Batman was just, it was just so bad. When was the last time you've seen that movie? Uh, it's been a while. It's been okay, quite you, a few you need years. to go back and watch the way he portrays Bruce Wayne, which is uh, not great. And I, and I, I think of different moments where um, he's when he's in the uh, I think the observatory, and and Pamela Isley comes up to him, uh, Poison Ivy, uh, Uma Thurman, and she starts uh, barking at him about saving the plants and different things like that. And he gives her an invitation to a uh, a charity banquet that they're doing uh, for the Gotham Botanical Gardens or something like that and, and tells them, oh, Batman and Robin are going to be there, just, you know, a couple, you know, humans doing their but part. Is, but is Bruce Wayne supposed to be likable? Is he? Well, but that was what I was saying. He, he I think that he really played up the whole, like, media darling in that thing. But then he turned around and he was just rude to everybody else. Like, he was a real jerk to Robin the whole movie. Uh, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. Say, because Christian Bale kind of gives a kind of jerky, not jerky, but like a... Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's the the deferral of like people taking him seriously in that movie, where he plays the Bruce Wayne that people would just if even if somebody said I think Bruce Wayne's Batman, they would go, "Are you serious, that guy?" Yeah, the guy that you know he's just takes Russian models out on the boat for yeah, he does. But that's a good thing. That's the thing why he plays. Um, <laughs> that's why they he were. plays Bruce Wayne so because he he puts on that the facade really well, which is really cool. Tori, what do you think? Uh, I think, turns out, I'm actually more educated than I expected because I knew Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christian Bale, and the... Michael Keaton. Yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> sorry. I don't remember names, I just remember characters. She was going to say Kevin So, I didn't particularly like Val Kilmer myself oh. either. Why not? But I think he was just extra corny, and I wasn't really into that. So, that I think that's more like a classic thing, though. There was a couple lines in those movies where... They, uh, there was the one, might I persuade you to take a sandwich, sir? And then Batman's like, I'll get drive through And that was a... <laughs> a <laughs> I love that part. That's so, that was a so funny. Part, which was so perfect for the tie-in with McDonald's, yeah. but it, it made no sense in the movie. It was stupid in the movie. Did they use that for the commercial? They did for the, uh, the superhero burger that they did. Uh, oh, the goodness. superhero burger, which if I had to pick a moment in my life where I decided to be a fat man, <laughs> it was with that superhero burger, which was a hoagie roll, a la the, the McRib. And oh, I think okay. it had like three burger patties on it, oh, like left to right. So it's like what Burger King tries to do with their uh, they have the extra long sandwich. Let me tell you, I, I think I ate two of those a day oh for an entire summer when I was 16 years old. Wow. Uh, that, was the moment where, that, was, that was the moment where I entered a hangover land, uh, <laughs> where I started hanging over the top of my belt. <laughs> um, it was a rough summer for me, but uh, I, I got but my... But it was also a good yeah, summer. I'm telling you, I got, my, I got my first like real paying job that summer, and I spent all of my money... At the drive-thru. <laughs> Just like Batman. Hey, it's, uh, it's hard for me to hate but, on Val Kilmer, though. But then they did the same thing. But it, I don't see, again, Val Kilmer, I don't hate on him either. But they did the same thing in the second movie, the second of the Joel Schumacher movies. Uh, they, they mirrored the same opening. And American at the end, Express. when Robin, uh, Robin at, the, at the beginning of the movie, same exact scenario at the end of the credits. And Robin goes, I want a car. Chicks dig the car. And you uh, remember what George Clooney said? This is why Superman works alone. So stupid. Oh, my gosh. So which, which I, I mean, I'm sure like people at the time were like, he just said Superman. Superman exists in this universe. Well, now, Superman now, lives. Now, if, if we're going to really nitpick there, uh, they went back to the in the first of the Joel Schumacher movies 
when Two Face blew up the you know the, killed Robin's family. Uh, the he was, when Robin was going to leave, he said they must be halfway to Metropolis, Metropolis by now. now. Yeah. So, Wow, we really know a lot of intricate dialogue <laughs> to those yeah. awful movies. Well, I, I've I've honestly seen uh, Batman Forever more than the other f- ones. That's yeah. the one I grew up on. So who, who gets the nod then, Val Kilmer or George Clooney? Kilmer. I would say Kilmer over Clooney. And it sucks because it's the movie, but definitely I think Val Kilmer had more to work with oh, yeah. than George Clooney. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a couple in here, and you guys can tell me where they place. Because right now we have uh, the animated Batman, Kevin Conroy, uh, in number one. Christian Bale is number two. Michael Keaton is number three. Val mm-hmm. Kilmer is number four. And number five is wide open. So let me throw a couple more at you guys, okay. and, and you can tell me where you think uh, they, they fit in there. Uh, the Dietrich Bader Batman. That's I was just thinking that. Is that, really? is that yeah. the Brave and the Bowl? Yeah, that it's Brave and the Bowl Batman. Bowl. Hmm. Is that the guy... Who? He's Rex Quando from Napoleon yes, Dynamite. Yes, okay. And he's also, I know him best from the Drew Carey he show. He was in the Drew Carey I love show. That show I, I know him from See? Office Space. Okay, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know him from The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy Damn. as the ridiculous bounty hunter. And so whenever I heard oh, him yes. being Batman, I couldn't take him seriously. And I well, watch that him. Batman show was supposed to be a little tongue in cheek. It was definitely right? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely, definitely on a purpose. Joke, jokey yeah. Batman. As think at animated series meets. Does he, cut, does he make the cut? Top five. Uh, there's, other, there's other Batmans that I hope you. Okay, That may be better. I'm going to throw this one out there. This is your wild card. Batman Beyond. See, oh. I was thinking about that. And I was like, is he going to say Terry? this one or no? I, I grew up on Michael Keaton and that guy. And so I particularly like him. You both. like Batman Beyond? I do, yeah. I thought he was awesome. Totally different Batman. That's, that's true. Did Kevin Conroy play old Batman yes, in that? Yes, he did. Yeah, that's and awesome. that's, that's why that's I liked so cool. it. Like, as a kid, I'm well like, done. Still Batman. I do, I do, uh, I, I didn't watch, the, once again, I didn't watch that much Brave and the Bold. Brave and the, or not Brave and the Bold, uh, Batman Beyond. That was right when I was kind of leaving my Batman liking at the time. <laughs> uh, but what I've seen, I've, I think I watched part of the first season. It used to be on Netflix. And I liked it. It was it was really good. Yeah, definitely an interesting artistic vision. Definitely a, a, a cool. Uh, the way they they did the character and made his relationship with old Batman was yes. uh, was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so does he does he make the cut? I'd say so. I would yeah. say Let's put him based, in based right on now. so far, I'd put him in yeah, yeah number five. Okay. He's yeah. in, Unless he's you in say whatever five. one Neff's thinking of. Um, I, I have to do this out of uh, out of respect to the classics. Um, do it right now. Right now, it's gonna happen. Say it. <laughs> Adam West. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I like Adam West. I, I <laughs> haven't watched a lot of the, the that show, uh, but I I know people love him. A lot of people that are a little bit older today they got into Batman because of Adam West. I, I think he I would place him just because it was a staple for a lot of people mm-hmm. to then get into Batman and. Well, you guys, uh, you, all '90s kids here. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, yes. So you guys weren't born when, uh, yeah, when I was your age. Uh, <laughs> well, you were you were born when the reruns were happening. When you I were was, graduating, well, when but I was. This is, way but I'm going to say in 1989, I was a teenager. Oh yeah. And when the the Michael Keaton Batman came out, it was revolutionary. But before that, the only Batman we had for 100 percent of my life, you guys, since you've been born, you've had four or five Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just feature film Batman. Yeah. You've, you're on you're on your fifth one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
we all we had was Adam West. Mm-hmm. That was Batman to us. Right. Uh, when someone, anytime someone mentioned Batman, it wasn't Batman. It was na 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 Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's that my my earliest it. like Batman uh, thought is that theme song. Uh, and, and I'm exactly. telling you, like like Caesar Romero was the Joker. There was no Jack oh, Nicholson yeah. conversation. There was no Heath Ledger. There was no Jared Leto. There was that. It was Caesar no Romero Cameron. was Joker. With his painted painted mustache and everything like that, um, there was the, <laughs> painted because he wouldn't shave his mustache. He wouldn't shave his mustache, so he, he wouldn't commit that much. Exactly. Uh, so so for us, like that, he was he was ipso. I mean, when when they people were upset, and this was in 1989. This was 20 years after that show went off the air. People were upset that Adam West was not considered to play Batman. Well, really? Well, I guess that makes sense. He I heard that he was, was uh, he was considered for Batman. Commissioner Gordon and that people, but I didn't know he was considered for Batman. He, no, he was never considered for Batman, and people were upset. Really? Because they thought he is Batman. Hmm, well, they were also upset that Michael Keaton was because he was Mr. But, but that was a, yeah, didn't, but that was a different conversation. Uh, but yeah, but people were definitely Batman was um, Batman was out was Adam West. He hmm. it was synonymous. I would I would if just in my opinion I would place him at number five just for the sheer uh, history and the pushing Batman a little bit more mainstream. Like, without, mm-hmm. I think without the 1960s Batman show, Batman doesn't really blow up as much, and you don't have the 1980s. So movie. if he's at number five, then we push Batman Beyond off the list. Yes. Unfortunately, yes, I would say so. Mm-hmm. So right now we've got our list, which is our top five, and that is Animated Batman... Uh, Christian Bale Batman, Michael Keaton Batman, Val Kilmer, and Adam West rounds out the top five. Uh, Neff, you can you can bump any one of these five, change positions with any of them. Maybe Adam West and Val Kilmer. So Adam West moves up to part four and Val, uh, position four, and Val Kilmer down to five. Yeah. Okay. Steven? Uh, no, you know what? I think it's I think it's good the way it is right now. I would keep it. I would I wouldn't change anything. Remind me who Kevin Conroy is. Which He's one? the cartoon Batman. Okay. Series. Yeah. A lot. He's a lot of Batman. I leave it as is. I'd leave say. it as is. Yeah. It's because good, like good for choice, us, because we were '90s mm-hmm. kids and stuff, that was our Batman. You know, like that was our. Because maybe our, I don't know. My parents wouldn't let me watch the movies for a while, but I could definitely watch the main series every day, whenever it was on. For sure. So. I would. Uh, I could potentially argue with you guys that Christian Bale was a better Batman. Than, uh, than Kevin Conroy. Christian Bale was wonderful. But he, was awesome. he was a delight. Keeping in mind that Kevin Conroy was probably a little bit limited by his subject material, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's being true. a less complex Batman, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, with, well, that's that's debatable. I, I I think he was more complex. In, in my opinion, I was I, he he had less to work with when it came to the content they were allowed to have. Like they couldn't show Robin's parents getting killed or anything like that because it was still they had to go with the censorship for you know kids tv but from what from what i've seen i i really like how uh kevin conroy does a distinct difference between his bruce wayne and his batman and you can you can feel it at least at least to me you can kind of feel the difference between bruce like you feel the pain for batman not to say there isn't a difference between christian bale's bruce wayne and batman yeah well that's that's a little bit different (laughs) when when you i want you to define i I need you to justify that because you 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 threw in there that you think he's more complex explain to me how the complexity of the animated batman uh, is superior to the complexity of the chris nolan batman 
you you put it out there, so I'm 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 asking you to defend it now. DKT. Well, I want to have to think for a second. I mean, for me, from what I've seen, I feel like Kevin Conroy for the animated Batman brings more so that Bruce is a character, that Bruce is is just an act, and that Batman is really who Bruce Wayne is more than Christian Bale did. In my in my in my opinion, I did mean, did you see the Christian Bale movies? I did. I mean, I and I'm the same. Like this is like <laughs> hairs of a difference. I don't know. I mean, I may I may have to go back and rewatch both of them back to back, and I might change my mind. But right now, that's my opinion. That's my opinion on it. But and I mean, this come from I'm a big Christopher Nolan fanboy, and I loved 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 his Dark Knight trilogy. So I mean, I mean, I may change my mind by the time I'm done with the sentence because I'm starting to think about it a little bit more now. Yeah. Now again, I think Kevin Conroy is quality. I, there's no, nothing wrong with that. I think that he was a defining portrayal of Batman. And when you say the difference between, I can hear the difference between. And I think that it can be challenging in its own way to be a voice actor and to communicate emotion or to communicate uh, the difference in a character with keeping a recognizable voice. Um, but two different shades of it. And I think that Kevin Conroy did that. I think mm-hmm. he did it remarkably. He still he, does do it. I think he did it consistently. Yeah. yeah for like 20 for, years. For years. Yeah. Which is why I put him at the top because he's done it for so long and he's like Batman. When I think but the Batman. stark difference to me between Christian Bale and Kevin Conroy, Kevin Conroy, I believe, had subject material that was limited by the television whether it's standards and practices, yeah. uh, just the ability to have to start and finish a story in a half an hour, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it may be. Uh, but uh, you did see you did see a little bit more, I think, in the in the movies that they did, the Sub Zero movie, or when they did the Mask of the Phantasm, yeah. different things like that. Oh yeah. And of course, you do see more in the video game portrayals that he has of Batman. But um, I still have to give the edge to Christian Bale as creating a whole. Batman, a Batman that makes the transformation from uh, a scared, powerless, angry, revenge-filled Bruce Wayne to a Bruce Wayne that becomes disciplined and tormented, driven uh, by this controlling desire to end and bring justice and vengeance uh, and, and to bring closure to his situation with his family to the Batman who goes out and embodies, uh, you know, sheer terror and theatricality and, you know, uh, <laughs> all of those different things. When, when you when you put it that way, I, you know, I, I can agree and, you, and even just look at him from movie to movie to movie uh, the, the the scene when he has uh, when he's in the Wayne Manor and this is Batman Begins which is arguably yeah. the weakest um, of the some three pe- some people would would contest that ba- Dark Knight Rises is by far the weakness I disagree um, with that hard I think that when you have B- Batman Begins there's that scene when he's in Wayne Manor and he sees Ducard and realizes that he's Rachel Ghoul and uh, at that moment uh He's, you know, when, when Liam Neeson says, the, the incomparable Liam Neeson. Who trained Batman, you know, he trained Obi-Wan, and he was Aslan. Yeah. Uh, oh. Liam Neeson, you know, <laughs> would you begrudge you know, me a mask? Uh, and you watch his character change from casual Bruce Wayne to alert, I'm looking around the room, I'm shifting into detective mode Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And then shift right into over-the-top, uh, arrogant spoiled brat socialite to kick them all out of his house really being Batman the entire time what you're seeing is a layer peeled back and a layer put on which is incredibly challenging for an actor to do uh, much less to make it believable in a comic book movie Uh, I think that scene alone to me puts Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne as Batman uh, on the top of this list you know I 
I yeah, you've <laughs> I stand yeah, corrected. Yeah, I have to definitely <laughs> like, agree. Nitty never even considered that. That was Christian yeah. Bale was kind of my favorite anyway because he was the first one that I like animated series as a child, but like those Batman movies were the first I had ever seen like on my own. Oh, like, me too. I that, that was my introduction. That was my introduction to Batman. Yeah, my parents were always playing, you know, the older ones. And I loved this my, and cool, listen, but... Michael Keaton to me. Uh, Michael Keaton is is I mean that's my Batman. I mean he's, he's the one yeah. he's the one I grew up watching. I mean 89 Batman was so important to me that uh, as a movie as a kid that uh, man uh, they I used to wear Batman t-shirts to school every day and kids used to make fun of me on the bus. Aww. It was terrible. Um, but Michael Keaton to me was was amazing to bring this character to life. Now I loved it. I grew up with Michael Keaton as Mr. Mom. I grew up with Michael Keaton in Gung Ho. I grew up with Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Uh, I mean Michael Keaton was my guy. Uh, but for him to become Batman, to become a believable, tortured, driven, you know, dark and brooding, and then at the same time he shifts gears, and you can kind of see that there's a playfulness, a playful part of him that wants to come out, that still stays, you know, subdued because he's driven by the mission. And there's some great little lines in there, you know, when he puts the clip on Vicky Vale, how much do you weigh? <laughs> 108, but she doesn't go all the way up. And then at the end of this big fight, I think you weigh more than 108. <laughs> I, just, I just love when he's he's in the room with the Joker and he's trying to say, you want to get nuts? go nuts? Come on, man, let's get. Nuts. That was pure Michael. Keaton. Yeah, I just I oh, love yeah. that. That's my that's my like my first thought when I, I could think of that I, movie. I love when he in, in it's in Batman Returns, which was a lackluster movie in my opinion in, in a lot of ways. But there's a scene where he's have you, you can see him being a little bit more transparent with Alfred, and Alfred's talking about relationships and this and that and the other. And he goes, Alfred, I'm not the one who let Vicky Vale in the Batcave. Yeah, it's a <laughs> great line. That's great, great because line. Alfred was terrible in those movies. Yeah. Uh, whoa, whoa, excuse like, me. Time when out, it time when out. It to, when it comes to keeping <laughs> no. a secret, oh, he just let Vicky Vicky I think he let another person in. Yeah. He just like, let no, well, Barbara is, in on it. Yeah. Makes well, the Riddler. Floor. This the... is my niece. I'm just going to let her be Batgirl now. Yeah. And then he <laughs> let he let the Riddler I liked, and Two-Face in I liked Michael Ghost children. Per, I liked Michael Ghost portray. I liked him. Of course, my Alfred is uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I will not do Mastermind. I will not do it. So with the group's permission, <laughs> with the group's permission, out? I'm going to move Christian Bale to Yo. number one. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. All right. Oh, so uh, the top five Batman's according to the Nerd of God cast, and this is in stone until next uh, next May, I guess, uh, is Christian Bale, uh, Kevin Conroy, Michael Keaton, Adam West, and uh, I can't believe we put Val Kilmer and bumped Batman Beyond, but Val Kilmer. So that is your that is your Batman Day sure, top five <laughs> list. I, hey, Don't you, regret it. No, that it's too late okay. to put. You guys pulled the no, trigger on that one. Uh, if we if we were going to throw another one on there, uh, I gave it, it to I him. He's I'm wearing. so I sorry. I can't put the one. We're not I'm done. Of we're not done. We there's one more that we didn't consider. Who's that? Will Arnett as Lego Batman. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good call. Good call. First track. Is he in the video? Oh, uh, this is one thing that we want to put out there for our Twitter followers and people listening to us online. Uh, Tell us your favorite Batman and tell us your favorite Batman villain. We could spend another half an hour talking about Batman villain. Uh, I would say this (laughs) for days. uh, I love comic books. I love Spider-Man. I love you know all the all the different you know superheroes. But Batman by far has the best rogues gallery. Hands oh, down. for sure. Anyone yeah. who says differently is a liar or works for Marvel. The most memorable. <laughs> so moving along, uh, we, we man, we are really taking up a lot of time uh, we're talking about Batman tonight and different things like that. But uh, we, we do have a couple other things I want to talk about. So we're going to play a game.
game real quick. Uh, and tonight we're gonna we're gonna revisit a game that uh, we've played before, but we haven't played uh, on the on a podcast that has gone to air. And, and this is a game called "That's a Good Chap." Tur. <laughs> I like that name. It's also it's also a game that needs a better name. But what I'm gonna do is uh, I've got I busted out the old DVD collection and uh, went through the chapters of certain movies, and I'm gonna give you the chapter titles of a movie. I've got four chapter titles for each movie, and uh, and we're gonna go ahead and see. If you can uh, let us know if by guessing what movie it is based solely on the chapter titles, everybody cool with that? You, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't really need any more explanation than that. Nope. nope. All right, so let's go ahead and get right to it. So everyone has their buzzers ready. Let's go around and identify us by sound. Neff, Stevo, and Tori. All right, so I'm gonna give you guys four chapters. Uh, if you think you know the movie, go ahead and buzz in. Do they get easier as they go along? No, they. What? Uh, well, they like, get, yes, like, of course okay. they. It'll be it'll be difficult, I think, for you not to identify them by the fourth clue. Okay. All right, so round one. Here we go. Awakening. Mother. Steven. The Matrix. No. Here, Jonesy. No. Indiana Jones. No. Uh. <laughs> People at home are listening right now. They're yelling at you. I know. And crew expendable. What? I don't, I don't know this one. Awakening. I'll give you a hint. Mother is spelled M-U-T-H-U-R. Here, Jonesy. Crew expendable. Star Trek? No. I thought Crew Expendable is probably no red shirt. Hey, I have no Can we idea. get the year for this movie? We're uh, 1979, I think. Oh, yeah, I don't oh, know those no. ones. What is it? Crew Expendable was also the name of the downloadable content for the video game version of this movie. Oh, I know. Uh, Alien. It is Alien. Oh. oh. I should have gotten it with all Mother. Right. Yeah, you should have. Okay. Um, all right. Round two. Hopefully they get easier. Otherwise, <laughs> Wait, did I get a point for that? This will, this will, no, you get nothing. Uh, <laughs> nothing. You get nothing, sir. You lose. Nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Uh, all right. There it is. Um, I'm actually keeping score this time, you guys. Oh, yeah. All right. So Stephen has one. Uh, Stephen has nothing. Uh, no, okay. Stephen has go. nothing. That was a practice nothing. round. Sorry. All right, so that was a practice round then. We'll yes. go ahead and um, we'll we'll go with uh, our real first round one, I guess. Here we go. Yeah. All right, ring in if you know it. Alkali Lake. Nightcrawler. Neff. Uh, X-Men 2. X-Men 2 is correct. Wow, you got it right before I did. Uh, that would have been Stryker's Prisoner and Logan's Return. All right. Lost in the Desert. Binary Sun. That's no moon. Neff. Star Wars. Need a little bit more. Uh, a New Hope. A New uh. Hope is correct. Neff is on it. Last one would have been Trench Runs. Biker Bar. Terminator. The first one. Incorrect. Oh. <laughs> Biker Bar. So minus one point for Steven. What? <laughs> <laughs> Biker Bar. Pescadero State Hospital. No problemo. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Did you, would you have gotten it if I hadn't said Terminator? No, I would have gotten it after okay. the second one because that he goes to the hospital to get Target Connor. Cyberdyne. Okay. Well, Neff's 3-0 and oh right now. <laughs> I like this game. 30. Around <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. 30 years. Sugar Rush. 
going turbo. Tori. Wreck it Ralph. It is Wreck it Ralph. <laughs> That's good. Good job. I'm doing ter- terrible. King Candy's secret. Uh, all right. Uh, Runaway bride. Pizza wants dough. Combing the desert. Spaceballs. It is Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Palladium poisoning. Grand Prix de Monaco. Neff. Iron Man 2. It is Iron Man what? 2. Wow. The big man stepping up in a big way. Shield and hammer drones. Illegal aliens. Edgar. Steven. Men in black. Men in black. Ooh, is good correct. job. And it's pronounced Edgar. <laughs> that's how I say it. Egger. Egger. <laughs> Wearing an Egger suit. Or the other, or the other two. Jeebs and Agent J. Final round, you guys. And the score is... Neff 17. Neff 5. Steven and Tori are tied for second with one. Okay, great. Neff, you can't answer this one. It's just me and Tori now. You won already. All right. Um, driving with Michaela. New arrivals from space. Sector 7. Uh, you know that the buzzer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah no, no, no. An answer. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I, I Sector Seven. I thought I had it. and I didn't have it. That's what I'm Four. saying. I need more. Megatron. I'm sorry, you already <laughs> rang in. Oh, Tori. Well, I rang Transformers. in. It is Transformers. <laughs> oh. I but should have won the first one. I, won like, I, I don't know why. Sorry, you can't like, ring in, I'm, get it wrong, and then right. ring in again. I got, I got Sector 7 confused with Level 7. That's what That was my problem. Either way, you were wrong. So, uh, oh, congratulations, sad. Neff, with a vengeance dominating that round. Can I Can I give a victory? No. Button? Please, one one time. Now put it down and don't touch it again. <laughs> don't, don't touch it. Excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, all right, it's one of my favorite times of the show where we sit down, put on our thinking caps, and uh, squeeze out some amazing innovation with the House of Ideas. Yay. Now, the House of Ideas has really, uh, I think, clicked with some of our listeners because we've had uh, more idea submissions for this segment for the show uh, than any other idea se- uh, segments, and we haven't used any of them so far. But uh, there's one that I'm saving for a couple weeks from now that I think is going to be a lot of fun for you guys. Ooh. But uh, but right now, we're uh, we're going to open up the House of Ideas. I'm going to put five minutes on the clock. And in those five minutes, I'll give you uh, time to discuss, debate, and develop uh, a topic that uh, of my choosing. Uh, this is sort of the, uh, it's a conceptual iron chef. I give you something to work with, and then you guys make something great out of it. Chop, chop. So, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, instead of the normal uh, House of Ideas where we kind of give you guys five minutes to come up with uh, one different thing, I'm actually going to give you uh, uh, five minutes to come up with three different things. All right, this is going to really, really ramp up the difficulty. Are you ready for a boss-level House of Ideas? Yeah. All right, so everyone, you know, get your health packs, uh, you know, ready. You know, you, get, you know you're about to go to a boss battle when you find health packs laying around. <laughs> uh, so three different things. One, I want you guys to come up with a reboot uh, for a popular series, uh, it can be any kind of old, you know, thing that maybe it's a little bit outdated. Maybe they didn't do it right the first time, or maybe they did it right the first time, but it's been a while uh, and it needs to be, you know, warmed up, reheated, you know, represented to a new generation. Uh, you know, remember what 2015 looked like to Marty McFly back in, you know, 1989? Clearly. Yep. Not even close to what 2015 looks like still now. Still waiting on my Pepsi Perfect. I'm still waiting on my you know hover conversion for my but minivan. You, but, but you Nike have mags should be coming this year for sure. Yeah, they've been saying that all year. With power laces. If it's not out by October 21st, I call Farsity. 
<laughs> his varsity award? I don't think that's a word. Oh, varsity. Good. I made varsity. No, I think varsity. <laughs> I think varsity is a word. I played varsity gonna... football. No. So this is what you guys are going to do. Here, here is the details of this. I want you guys in five minutes. I want you guys to come up with a movie, a TV series, and a video game. So three separate things that need to be rebooted. Three series, like a movie three, series. Three separate things that need to be rebooted. They do not have to all flow from the same well. A video game that needs to be rebooted, uh, to be refreshed, uh, to be you know re- renewed. A TV series that needs to be you know brought back to the forefront, and a movie franchise. Uh, uh, so, franchise, okay. Uh, whatever it might be, whether it's a character, an existent, whatever it might be. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Five minutes are on the clock. Welcome to the House of Ideas. All right, guys. Well, I have an idea for a TV series. Okay. Uh, there's an old anime show, Batman Beyond, which we mentioned earlier. Which I think would be cool if they rebooted it as a live action show like Arrow and Flash. I think that would be really cool. Especially because the Batman that's supposed to be in Batman vs. Superman, if he's the Dark Knight Returns Batman, he's already old. And in the old animated series, he's an old, older Bruce Wayne bringing up a new Batman Beyond. I think that would be a really cool character and they could make it really gritty. I think that would be an awesome new addition to the TV series lineup that DC's already building upon, trying to catch up to Marvel there. Would they do that in sort of a modern like modern day, like uh, Batman Beyond exists today and then you kind of project Batman backwards? Or would it be like a future Batman, like instead of 2015 maybe 2039 or something like that well they could probably project it into the future because I know there are different universes and stuff in the DC Comics universe but we can it's easy it's either way they could do it now as like a side thing like you know how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is like a side thing to the Marvel Cinematic Universe they can make Batman Beyond like a side thing to the DC Cinematic Universe I I like that idea a lot actually the only my only beef with it is I would honestly I'd keep it animated that's just my, my thing. But also, DC has been kind of voicing it that the uh, the TV show universe has nothing to do with the movie universe, keeping those two completely separate. But that could be a good thing. Um, I and, and I'm not saying it's bad. I just, that do you way, remember a couple years ago when they did the uh, Birds of Prey TV series? I did not watch that. No. Never watched I it. I didn't watch it either. It was awful. Was that what High School Batman? It? It, no, it was, um, <laughs> it was Batman's daughter, Batman and Catwoman's daughter, and then Black Canary, and then Oracle. Oh. Uh, and they, they, it was stupid. Best buds. But I mean, I, I like the idea. For, that's a, a brilliant idea. I just, I personally, I think you can still do it in animated and it'll still be just as good. But I mean, I like the idea of doing it as a, as a, as a, as a TV show. So Neff picks Batman Beyond. What, give us, give us a movie then that needs to be rebooted. I would, uh, I might get some flack for this, but I would, I would say Indiana Jones. I don't know if they're doing it, but okay. I just, I like the idea just I love the Indiana Jones movies. I own all three of them. I don't own the fourth one, thankfully. <laughs> Good I've job saying heard, three. <laughs> I've heard terrible, terrible things. Um, but I just think you you ha- you can have a little bit more adventure with it. I mean, obviously, graphics have come a long way since then, so you can have a little bit more CG. Even though I don't think you would need to, I think you can do things practically. But you have you can have these like grand, more grander adv- adventures, I think, and you can have a little bit of a younger, more quitty. Uh, actor who uh, have you whether it be you know Chris Pratt or a River Phoenix you know I saw it River Phoenix is dead yeah why would you swap sorry, why I'm sorry. What? I didn't mean it I'm sorry take it out I'm I, sorry. I saw a, a fan made poster the other day that, that actually made me laugh because he's being cast in everything uh, sort of the, the, the fantasy cast 
but uh, Idris Elba as Indiana Jones. <laughs> Dude, I Idris be, Elba could be. I want to hate best. on that. He's a that. That's actually Idris Elba is my favorite current actor right now. But uh, he's, he's pretty incredible, man. Heimdall was was the reason to watch Thor. Oh, he was Dude, great. he was awesome in Pacific Rim too. But uh, yeah, I say Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think you just have a lot of fun with it. You can maybe even change up the tone, make it more like Uncharted the movie or something like that, where it's Uncharted it's, the game is kind of like Indiana Jones the game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I just I think you can have a lot of fun with it, and and really you can introduce the the characters the same way, or you can introduce them new way where you know he doesn't have you know Shia LaBeouf, what have you, <laughs> that yeah. you make sure that never happens. That should never happen. <laughs> you make sure um, that. Or you can even start it off kind of like an origin thing. You can have young young Indiana. Jones. Oh, with, with, uh, why haven't they done that yet? I'm surprised. I don't know. Because he died. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's with? I'm they, gonna go ahead and ground myself. They did a. <laughs> they did a young, a young Indiana Jones you TV can't series. Fire me, I, quit. I know. That. <laughs> so that's why I use the phrase. But yeah, so I say Indiana Jones, and not because the old one was bad. It just it's 30 years old, 30 plus years old. You know, bring it back, treat it with respect, and have a good homage to the original. I one. think that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Okay, so sure. what about a video game? Uh, Banjo-Kazooie needs to be rebooted Dude. properly <laughs> and not sucky. Not a car game. Because, oh my gosh, I have I bought the like musical medley of like the entire first game. Like I own that piece of music, and I love it a lot. The music is a lot of fun. The story was fun. The gameplay was fun. But every iteration after that was so horrendous. Don't you hate it when they take a great was, character or a great world? Yes. And they just crap. They on just it. crap right on it. I'm and looking then, at you, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> we're not even gonna talk about Sonic though. But I think Banjo Kazooie was. Boom. Um, it was fun. It was witty at times. It was like I don't know. It was a fun platformer that was you know 3D also. I thought yeah. it was a blast. Rareware. And yeah, and I the think so. Who, who owns that now? Doesn't isn't Banjo Kazooie Microsoft? Microsoft. I think it is, and that's why it sucked to the every iteration. Ooh. The Bando, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was the Xbox that. one that was really bad. What was you know you know you say that, but it brings my mind to a character that I think definitely needs a reboot because I miss him. Crash Bandicoot. Oh, oh yeah. yes. I would have to. Agree. Oh, I'm sorry, Tori, but if we're pick, I like that because I loved. <laughs> Crash I have Bandicoot. to say, I didn't. I love the racing game Crash well, Bandicoot. Right, Nitro racing. Uh, game. Crash Bandicoot frustrated play... me so much because I was terrible at it, but I love that game so much. But now I, didn't, that, I didn't play Crash yeah, Bandicoot. Now that we're mentioning so. characters, oh, so from, fun. Wasn't uh, what about Donkey Kong? When is the last time we saw Donkey Kong in like a video game besides oh, Smash Bros? Like year. a year ago. Yeah. Really? What was yeah, he in? Tropical Freeze. Which the music is. I didn't even hear. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's a. It's actually a really fantastic game yeah. what is it ds no, no uh we you oh yeah come on Neff, get with it sorry I mean, if you don't have the newest consoles you're not bless, gonna get the newest bless game you donkey kong sorry <laughs> sorry yeah donkey kong i mean All donkey right. kong is pretty consistently fun yeah uh, i think moving donkey kong from the villain of the game to the hero of the game with donkey move. kong country was oh, a good move donkey good. i love again donkey i guess kong we go back country. to rareware because yeah. wasn't that what that was done by rare yeah yeah and man those donkey kong country games they still hold up one one last one anybody else got a one last video game franchise that needs to be rebooted Diddy Kong Racing. You shut up. <laughs> shut up. You're grounded. Sonic Racing. It's completely... No we more, used to have that No game. more kart games. Please. You know what? Mario gets it right. Everybody else, oh, yeah. step aside. Agreed. Nick we King's had racing. that game. This isn't a series. I don't even know what it's about. But Mario Paint needs to come back. Mario Paint. I- I'll tell you this. This is the final answer, and uh, and, and I- I'm just going to... I'm going to put down my Donald Trump card on this one. <laughs> you say you're fired if you, if you argue with me. Um... Burnout Paradise. Burnout Paradise. Already. They need well, no. They no. stopped making them. 
Re- so, rebooted in HD, man. Because Criterion started making the uh, Need for Speed games. Criterion, I'm calling you out right here on the Nerd of Godcast. <laughs> Criterion games, get on the stick, get back to work, and give me a new Burnout game, or at least give me an HD version of Burnout Paradise. I don't care. It's the perfect racing game. It's all I want for Christmas. Thank you. God bless America. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> so we've got a, we got a couple uh, TV series, movies, and games that they're looking for a reboot. So anybody who's out there looking for inspiration on uh, franchises that you can take over and exploit, uh, there you go. Dude, DC, pick it up, man. By all means. Pick just, it up. Just keep, keep the Max Fleischer look. That is the house of ideas. <laughs> Uh, moving right along, just want to give a quick shout out for those of you guys that have been voting for our best thing ever. Best thing ever, ever, ever. Uh, thank you guys so much for voting. Uh, we have just completed round three of the best thing ever. We're doing Woo! a new round every single week. So uh, please keep checking us out on Twitter. Uh, we're putting those uh, those polls up there. And in our third round, we had Maleficent versus the Balrog. And it was not even a competition. Maleficent with zero votes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Balrog. Listen, you know what it, it comes down to? When a problem comes along, you must whip it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> whip it good. And, uh, so, so, so what's the what's the win so, so far? So far, we have... Oh, and I don't think that I ever got to... I didn't announce this on our one shot last week, or I might have cut it. No, you did not. Uh, so, so far, our challenge board for best thing ever uh, looks like this. Uh, round one, we had uh, Godzilla versus the Cloverfield monster, and Godzilla won. Mm. So moves on to round two. Uh, in our in our second match, we had them, the giant ants oh, yeah. versus King Kong. Them won. Woo! Really? All right. In an upset, so uh, they they move on to the next round where they will compete against Godzilla, the seventh seed. And then uh, Balrog uh, fight against uh, Maleficent, and Balrog uh, won that one handily. Uh, tonight's match, uh, a little bit of a wild card, a little bit uh, out of left field, but this is for video game lovers. Uh, deep cut here. Uh, we've got Giga Bowser versus Sin from Final Fantasy X. Hmm. So Giga Bowser, which is, I guess, Bowser's uh, Super Smash Brothers mega form, uh, big tusked, you know, <laughs> spiky, glowing eyes, flame-breathing Bowser. Right. Uh, fighting against Sin, which is a giant whale creature that uh, it's terrifying it's looking. terrifying looking he's in. kind of also a crustacean no was, was giga bowser in With super wings. mario galaxy was he the big bowser in that i think that they kind of referenced him but giga bowser is a lot more terrifying than the the super mario right. galaxy bowser. you fight this thing yeah Let me see. this thing is massive it's yeah it's pretty pretty ugly Wow, is that it's sin? a whale, a fairy, and a and a lobster. It's ugly. I know. Maybe a little about. bit like Kyogre. Uh, from Kyogre. Kyogre. Yeah, he, but yeah. just because they're whale baits. They're whale baits. And a lot less huggable. Yeah. So uh so the thing is ugly. <laughs> the whale noises. <laughs> Neff is over there making whale noises. Um, and whale motions. Speak whale to me, motions. speak to me. <laughs> uh, he, he, I think he just opened his mouth and I saw Pinocchio in there. I'm not sure. <laughs> But uh, so we've got we've got Sin versus uh, Giga Bowser, uh, interesting competition. Right off the right off the bat, what do you guys think? If you're looking at these two, and we're, we've got pictures of them up right now, uh, we're looking at them together. What do you think? Uh, who who's your your vote for the win here? There is no way Giga Bowser can just there's just there's none. There's no he's he could just sit on him and he'd be dead. I think he's bigger than Giga Bowser. Yeah, yeah, but by Giga a lot. Bowser's got his. Well, he sells the shell, right? So he he can just you know stay in the shell. I, can, I, did you look him up? 
Do you know what sin looks like? Have I showed I, it to you? Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to put the vote. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put the vote to sin. Definitely. Yeah. To I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Giga Bowser because I think he can. You know, <laughs> you whales have a, whales have a soft this, underbelly. No, 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 no. <laughs> and if I don't he just gets so. in his little shell form, I think he could do some damage on Hold the underside. If it? Sin tries to lay no, on him, I'll tell you this: Sin, Sin could sneeze and Giga This is it next flying. to an airship. Okay, it's like six of them. Yeah, but keep in mind that Giga Bowser is pointy. So we'll let the uh, we'll let the people decide. Uh, in the best thing ever, you can uh, you can find us on challenge.com or you can uh, just look for our links from our social media. So uh, make your votes. We'll let you know next week who wins in this the best thing ever Clash of the Titans Mechas versus Kaiju. But uh, you know, as we've been talking tonight, uh, a lot of different ideas have have been coming up. You guys, we've been talking a lot about Batman tonight. That seems yeah. to be. A, uh, a very prevalent. It is Batman Day. <laughs> Batman. A very prevalent theme. But Neff, when when we were talking about the uh, the reboot uh, thing, you mentioned the the TV series that are coming out. Um, yes. Uh, there is a lot of TV series that are coming out in the, in the nerd culture. Oh yeah. And uh, earlier on, when we were talking about Batman, um, I had mentioned that when I was a kid, I really, really, really liked Batman. I loved Batman. But there came a certain point uh, in my adolescence where Batman. It was just not cool to be into nerd stuff. Um, I remember there was a certain point where, like, if you were the kid that went home and played Nintendo, you were branded as sort of a geek. Uh, if you read Batman comics, uh, or if you read at all, you were branded as, as a nerd, and those terms were used in, in a derogatory fashion. Like, being called a nerd was very insulting. It was not ever said in a nice way. Now... Even people who aren't nerds are kind of like, oh, I'm such a nerd about this. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> no, um, get out of here. Yeah, oh, oh, you know, cute girl who wears glasses is such a nerd because she <laughs> played Pokemon once. Yeah, look, look, this is my Pokemon impressed black face. black and white. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, really? You, you saw Avengers? <laughs> you know, great, fantastic. I, I think that uh, when, when you mention these TV series, I was reading an article the other day. Uh, in fact, I have it right here. 44 upcoming comic book TV shows and when to expect them. Upcoming? 44. Like new? Upcoming comic book TV shows. Wow. That means uh, the, the conversation was brought up the other day. We were at lunch and uh, I guess Steven Spielberg said that it's just a matter of time before uh, movies about comic book characters go the way of the Western. That mm-hmm. someone's just milking the cash cow as hard as can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steven Spielberg's pretty good about calling it when people are ready to kill the golden goose. Uh, and I look at this and it's really, really hard to argue. But people are only making TV shows because they think they can make money on TV shows. Exactly. Let, let me give you let me give you a couple, uh, a couple of these things. And I know this list was a little bit older, but um, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. They're doing a Krypton TV series, a prequel to what? Superman. Yeah, uh, Jessica Jones is coming out. By the way, we I just posted the trailer on our uh, our Twitter page. It looks cool so the far. The Spanish trailer. Um, Luke, yeah, it was the Spanish trailer. <laughs> All uh, right. Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Marvel's Defenders, uh, a show called Lucifer from Vertigo Comics. Uh, George A. Romero's Empire of the Dead. Uh, there's huh. one called Sex Criminals, which I will not be DVRing. Uh, the Wicked and the Divine, The Infinite Horizon, Vixen, Outcast, Enormous, uh, Dreadstar, um, there, and then of course that that's added on to the big list already of you know Walking Dead and, and Agents of Shield and Agent Flash. Carter and Daredevil and Flash and Gotham and Arrow and. Arrow and uh, uh, iZombie and Powers, which is a PlayStation Network one, and mm-hmm. they've got even more there in development. And I'm, I'm looking down this list, and it's uh, my thumb is getting worn out just scrolling down these on my <laughs> phone. 
uh, so, so many different comic book TV shows. And that's just television. That's not even including when they put out the movie schedules for the next, uh, you know, however many years. Like eight years or something um, like that. Which I, I looked at one the other day and it was it had all on there. Um, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 3 and, and Sinister 6 movie and everything like that. It's like, like yeah, oop. they're already not making it. Fantastic Four 2. It's like. Oh, they're not making it? No. I, I just read a, a thing. Uh, Mara, Mara, Mara Rooney? We I, we had this question on episode one. We My, for, uh, uh, who was it that played the Invisible Girl? Oh, I knew this. I I thought I memorized it and I forgot. Yeah, we um. I guess we have already already stricken that movie from something Mara. Uh, I I put it in, I put it away. Kate Mara. Kate Mara. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Kate Mara. Uh, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, I haven't even seen the movie yet, and uh, it's <laughs> just it's a shame because we had a lot of fun making it. And uh, she didn't seem like and, she had and, fun making it. So far, I you know we don't have any." Nobody's told us that they're going to make another one yet. So, yeah, I'm betting they're not going to make another one. So, you know, uh, yeah. and, and but what what's happening is we're seeing so much of this nerd culture be, uh, become, you know, so prevalent because nerd culture is kind of mainstream now. Yeah. Would you say that that started with the rise of the comic book movie? Um, I think that Marvel probably tipped the scale. Um, yeah. I, would, I think I that so, it, yeah. it was building up, I think, to a boiling point before that, though. I think it started with the Michael Keaton Batman movie because it was just campy movies like the Christopher Reeves Superman movies. No, I can tell you pretty much from experience that the Michael Keaton Batman movie got me beat up on the bus more than really? just about anything else. And I wouldn't say that the Christopher Reeve movie was campy. Have you seen the Christopher Reeve movie? Yeah. Have I wouldn't say it's campy. One? If you're comparing it to like Adam West Batman, it's not campy. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not. I'm going to throw a flag on that, and I'm going to say go back and watch Superman two, three, and four. Well, don't I was. Con- I was. Don't, just please don't make him watch four. Well, that's that. That <laughs> Superman was the the original. Still a little tongue in cheek, but if you go back and watch Superman two, and, and then watch Superman three, and then watch Superman: The Quest for Peace, I promise you, um, there are no. They are no more grounded in reality than Adam West ever was. Okay. Ever. Ever. A couple things that really tipped the scale is uh, the the mainstream popularity of video games. Uh, kids that grew up with video games became adults with disposable income, so video games became marketed towards adults instead of being marketed towards kids. The yeah, whole like definitely. nostalgia, like I don't phenomenon or something. Uh, There's a reason that, why you can still buy old Nintendo games on the on the. But not even Wii. just the nostalgia phenomenon, but that now instead of when I was a kid, video games were definitely marketed towards children. Mm-hmm. Now uh, the biggest selling video games are M-rated video games. They're not marketed mm-hmm. towards kids because all of the the kids who played them then are old enough. They're now to, old enough. I mean, and like Pokemon, for example, is for for sure no longer marketed towards the same age demographic now. I think that w- when you look at that, they're, the adults that are playing games now, I think they say the average age of a gamer is mid-30s. Yeah. That's the average age of gamers. And uh, you saw probably around the time that PlayStation 2 was, it, which is still, I think, the best-selling console ever. Yeah, I think so. Uh, PlayStation 2... I think it's the Wii. I still have my PlayStation uh, 2. I'd, I'd be willing to, I'd be no, willing to throw I, the Pepsi okay. Challenge on that one. I'll say PlayStation 2 was, was sold regularly for about 10 years, I think. Yeah. Are you Until looking like it up right now? Are you yeah. back checking me, young lady? I am. Well, what's on the line here? Wawa sandwich? No, no, because yeah. I had Wawa. thought no, no, I'm wait. legitimately trying to figure this out because I thought it was the Wii. I think and I'm that not the, the saying Wii... I'm right. I just want to know. But I think what happened when the PlayStation 2 became such a great selling console, uh, and and then that translated into uh, adult money being uh, thrown at the PlayStation right. 3. I know the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. Okay. 
uh, and now into PS4, where video game systems have now become the center of adult entertainment centers, as opposed to just things that you put under the Christmas tree for the kids. Yeah. Um, that probably began a mainstream thing where video games were absolutely like, uh, you know, you're an outcast, you're a nerd if you play video games. Uh, now it's very, it's big business. Yeah, uh, video it's games make more money than Hollywood movies. And then, of course, you turn around and you have these movies that come out. X-Men was probably the the, the, the powder keg yeah. there. But uh, with the advent of Spider-Man, the advent of uh, mm-hmm. the Marvel movies, and then these big Hollywood blockbusters taking a heavy left and turning right into nerd territory, uh, probably around the time that The Matrix came out and mm-hmm. different things like that, Men in Black even, mm-hmm. um, nerd things, sci-fi things, comic book things uh, became not only just sort of okay, but... That was that was the moneymaker. That's the that that's the bell of the ball right now. Uh, so if you're wearing a Batman T-shirt, it's not something to ridicule someone. It's someone like that's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, and it goes even beyond that now. So tell me what you think. Do you think that mainstream acceptance of uh, nerd culture is a good thing for nerd culture or bad? I mean, I, I don't think I don't think acceptance is going to be bad for something, but I think sometimes you can have just a like a shotgun acceptance like okay I'm gonna accept everything that's that's coming at me because it has this label over it is going to be a good thing without actually knowing what's behind that label so nerd acceptance just for the sake of it being nerd acceptance probably isn't a good thing but acceptance due to the fact that it's they appreciate the actual substance of what it is is probably yeah, better. That, I don't think that we're in any danger of that. I think that's why you see movies like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy making huge money yeah. and no one expects it, and movies like Fantastic Four going straight to the toilet because people realize that there's still a discrimination between quality and, and lack of quality. Oh, yeah, and, I, and I'm just saying that that could be a bad thing. Like, that's not like, oh, that's what's wrong with accepting the nerd right. culture. Uh, but, I mean, it's I think that's what could be a danger is eventually you're going to have too much of a good thing and people are not going to care for it. You know, like all these superhero movies are coming out and eventually they're going to go way of the Western because you're getting too much of it. You have the same thing over and over and over again. You're not going to want to eat it anymore. And also there could be a saturated market, which could become a big problem later because if everybody's coming out with all these superhero movies and shows, then like you said, it's going to be like that. So it's a it's a big problem. I think it's going to be a big problem if it keeps on. If they make too much of it, it's too much of a good thing. Do you think that the interconnectivity between uh, these movie universes uh, is part of the problem? Not necessarily. I mean, I like it. Personally, I like it because it's it's like if you're reading these superhero comic books, you're gonna they're interconnected and they, they have history with each other. So it's cool to see, you know, an Avengers movie. I think 15 years ago, you wouldn't have dreamed to see an Avengers movie. But what about 15 years from now? Are, are we still going to be based off? Is every movie going to have the the fact that the Chitari came back here, you know, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago? Is that going to still be part of the storyline? I I don't think so. With the way everything's being rebooted, eventually Iron Man is going to be rebooted with somebody younger than Robert Downey. But what do they reboot all of those movies at one time? I, I it depends on how the rest of the movies go. Unless unless they keep it going, like 
yes, Iron Man existed 20 years ago, but now we have this new superhero that we developed in 2015 to have his own movie in, you know, 2025 or 2017, however you want to see fit. Yeah, but when you see Spider-Man and Iron Man and and these characters that have been kicking around for the past 50 years, and you see Batman and Superman characters have been kicking around for the past 80 years, you know, they're they're not likely to start coming up with new franchises that are going to steal the thunder from the, the old mainstays. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. I mean, but then you sometimes do get a golden goose when you create something new. I mean, look at Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was made in the animated series in the 90s and is now a staple in the Batman universe, but it's not as old as Batman or the Joker. But keeping on the topic of our conversation, uh, is there room for innovation in in the nerd culture right now or are people still kind of just going back to the well, you know, going to the same old, you know, bacon and eggs? I think so, because all of the nerds' kids are being their own nerds, I guess. And I, I think I think what makes a nerd special isn't the content. It's, it's how they love the content and how they, you know, they treat it and they study it and they respect it. Because nerds aren't lazy. They're just really passionate about something you're not teaching them. So, But... I- Go ahead, Neff. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I was going to say I love because they always show – you always see commercials of like these families uh, showing their kids Star Wars or like, – because the, they got the, yeah. the prequels came out and that was kind of a connecting thing between the older Star Wars generation and then the newer Star Wars like kids. And now we got this whole new set of it coming out and now we're going to have a whole new generation of nerds who are going to go back and connect with the older nerds, which I think is really cool. And like I know it's weird – when you have new stuff and there's more adage to that and reboots is another thing that happens that kind of makes it hard to accept it because you're so used to the old nerd stuff, the old nerd, you know. For the people that say Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man. Or, exactly. Right. Well, I, I Matt nec- Smith is my Doctor Who. I wouldn't exactly. necessarily say that the old nerd stuff is really a thing because nostalgia and retro stuff is a big thing in the nerd culture as well. We're, we're talking about just rehashing and refreshing the same old content. When when I look right now, I just pulled up the, the, the top 10 games from the year 2014. So last year's top 10 profiting games. And and I, I emphasize the word profiting there for a reason. Uh, because we could probably go back to 2014 and look at some really amazing creative successes. Right. But those people probably aren't lining their bird cages with $100 bills right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the people that made money because at the end of the day, you say what you want. Disney didn't buy Marvel because they were Stan Lee fans. Yeah. Oh, they, they, yeah. You, they bought it so that they could print themselves out money. Yeah. Right. Uh, so let's look at the top 10 games. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Madden NFL 15, Woo. annual games, Destiny, Grand Theft Auto 5, Minecraft, Super Smash Brothers, NBA 2K15, Watch Dogs, FIFA 15, and another Call of Duty game, Ghosts. So on the top 10 list, there are three original properties. You got Minecraft, Watch Dogs, and Destiny. Destiny is a, an online version of Halo. It's a, a multiplayer online version of Halo by the makers of Halo. Minecraft totally original project and and worthy of the money that it makes because of its simplicity and then Watch Dogs which is just a rehash of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Nothing original. Nothing original. And and we can only circle the Marvel Cinematic Universe so many times before we start telling the same stories. What are the movies that are coming out from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Civil War, which is a rehash of a comic book. Uh, you know, The Infinity Gauntlet, which is a rehash of a comic book. And and now we're starting to we're we're starting to respin our own webs. We're starting to retell our, our the same stories that we've been telling for the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years. 
Batman versus Superman, which is based on a 30-year-old comic book by Frank Miller, loosely. Yeah. We're, we're telling the same stories over and over again. And, and I think what's happening is this. Because I said profiting because this is not a creator-driven uh, market. This is a, a profit, a bottom-line-driven market. This mm-hmm. is All of these people have shareholders. And everybody wants a piece of the pie. And what happens is, and you call it supply and demand, but there's only so many dollars to go around. Right. And there's only so much time that we have to go around. Um, if you were watching one comic book TV series, let's just say it was Heroes, and Heroes just came back out again. If you're watching one comic book TV series, you can watch it every week. If you're watching nine, you can't. If yeah. you're watching 44, good luck. There's not enough time and not enough Netflix to get through 44 TV series, which is fine because most of them won't last very long because they're almost it's almost just like throwing whatever to the wall to see what'll stick at this point. And with the 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 glut of marketing and the glut of everybody trying to to get a bite off of the, you know, the the apple here, you're going to start seeing quality go down, which means people are going to have less of a vested interest to follow. Look at the difference between the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Agents of Shield. Can you tell me what's up to date in Agents of Shield? No, it's not a bad show, but there's less of a, an urgency to stay kept up on that. People watch the movies, but people don't necessarily follow the TV show because there's a quality drop, like it or not. There's a, there's a quality drop. There's an urgency that is not there. And yeah. when you've got so much content and so much product, there's not an urgency there. There's no real need to tap into it. And shows are born and shows die and people don't want to get invested in a show that's going to last a half a season. People don't want to get invested in something that's not going to you know have longevity to it. Um, I mean, right now, I mean, who went out and bought the Fantastic Four action figures? There's Fantastic Four action figures? No, of course there's not. You wouldn't have bought them anyway, though. And and, and, and that's the thing. It's all about how can we market at this. It's all about how can we make this happen. Jump in, Tori. Are we only categorizing uh, comic book superheroes nerds? Uh, no, but I think the comic book superheroes is, is sort of the main pulse right now of nerd culture. I think uh, that's because the, the nerd culture back then was so, like... I mean, you had a lot of people into comics, and obviously, and the superheroes and everything, but I was never really, like, Batman was the only thing I was into as a kid, and I didn't have any comics, and that's only been, like, it's definitely recycling now, but you've had nerds in between about other stuff. Like, sure, but I'm talking about specifically about mainstream acceptance of those okay. things. I mean, there's always going to be people who are into creative things and creative people and people who love the excitement and love the fantasy and love being, you know, the stories that kind of <laughs> take you away to different places and captivate you and make you feel like there, there's something magical or something wonderful or something heroic still in a very mundane world. Yeah. We can't trust the people in our world. We're, we don't have heroes to look up to in our world. Right. Uh, do you remember when politicians used to be the people that, that you know... Yeah. The, the, the in the fairy guys, tales, the good guys, and, and, and we don't have Nixon. we don't have them anymore. <laughs> the, the crime fighters in real life are villains now. You know, yeah. we we look on the news and people make police out to be bad guys anymore. Yeah. We we look and and the people that used to be the heroes. Um, I had jury duty uh, oh, yeah. th- this week, Ugh. and uh, and and I got into I almost got into an argument with with the judge. Yeah. Because the question was asked, do you think that a police officer uh, deserves trust based on their position? And I said, uh, I, I think so. 
And they, I don't think anyone liked that answer. Right. And I, but from the time I was a kid, I was told, if you're lost, if you need help, if you're in trouble, find a police officer. And now we're told police officers have to carry cameras on them because we can't trust them anymore. Where are the heroes? Mm -hmm. There's no more heroes in our world, which is you know, maybe why I think that people are so desperate for this fantasy escape and this and and this like kind of reality that they can go sit in for two hours and eat their popcorn yeah. and and watch someone actually make a difference in the world by being brave and by standing up and being heroic. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, when you have these superheroes as your moral compass, you know it's it's going to change the way I think some worldviews are. And but 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 I, but I, I'm saying all this to say that there's companies that are behind these things that don't you know for the love of the characters and I think on a certain level the creators of this thing love the characters and love the universes and love the mythology but uh, remember the people that are pushing the buttons and the people that are setting these schedules and the people that are making these things happen are the people that answer to the shareholders and and they're the ones that are just trying to they're trying to squeeze the blood from a stone they're trying to you know ride this thing hard and put it up wet and uh, and what what is going to happen is I think that these things that we enjoy uh, whether it's video games or whether it's you know Marvel movies or uh, there, there's going to be a tipping point where they're they're no longer going to find those things profitable and the well's going to dry up and we're gonna see, we're gonna go back to an era where they're not making superhero movies we're gonna go back to an era where they find it to be a lot more profitable to just go ahead and keep cranking out the idiocracy games. You know, where mm -hmm. oh, let's just have the this year's version of Tony Hawk Pro Skater again. Yeah. Annual games make money every year because they're annual games. Well, they do, and, and I'll use I'll use a better example here. Uh, when my son got Mario Maker, uh, it came with a really cool collectible poster of of thirty years of Mario. And it was interesting because, like, when you look and see, like, okay, the original Super Mario Brothers was what, nineteen eighty six, yeah, eighty five, eighty five, and then it was like, okay, and then Super Mario Brothers two was like eighty eight. 89 sure. and then Super Mario Brothers 3 was like 91 and then Super Mario Brothers Super Mario World was like 95 yeah and then Super Mario uh, 64 was like 90 you know 96 or 98 but what, what you were, when you would look at these games you would see that there was like a two or three year uh, span between each game mm -hmm. there was one set of games where you had for in a 10 year span you only had three Mario games come out in 10 years right and Can now you remember a bad Mario game? Years. No, no. Even even like the more off kilter ones, Galaxy or, or uh, Super Mario Sunshine, still you know good game. That games. was a fun game. But I enjoyed it. As you got into the newer ones, it yeah. was like 2011, 2012, 2012, 2013, 2013, 2014, and like multiple games every year for different things. Mm -hmm. And you don't see the quality improve. You just see the the. Uh, yeah, you you see the volume improve, you see the frequency improve, and and what's happening is they're not making better things. They're not they're not taking bigger steps forward. They're just taking more steps here. That sounds familiar, movie universe. Yeah, and but that's what we're looking at. You know, we're looking at instead of uh, you know one movie every couple of years. Now we're looking at, uh, dude, we saw Star Wars Episode One in the theater ninety eight when that came out ninety nine, and we saw that movie in the theater and. Bro, the lines were around the corner mm -hmm. for that movie to come out. The lines for episode two, not quite as long. The lines mm -hmm. for episode three, not not long at all. I'm sure that the lines are going to be crazy long to oh, go yeah. see Star Wars episode seven when it comes out in December. How long do you think the the lines are going to be for Rogue One? Depends on oh, how yeah, long. Say do you, you do, say Rogue One. I thought you were going to episode eight. Do you see what I mean though? Yeah. The 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 more content you put out there. 
the more prolific something is, the more uh, available something is, the less demand there's going to be for it. That's just a fact. Quantity doesn't equal quality. It, it, you know, almost never. But uh, the, the whole point of this discussion is this. I think as nerd culture, as geek culture becomes more mainstream, more accepted mainstream, the, the overall quality perhaps runs the risk of becoming a little bit weaker. Eventually, somebody's going to see that, the to, to go back to the phrase, the golden goose has, has laid its last egg. And, um, you know, when we kind of see that these movies aren't going to start making Avengers money anymore, and the Avengers definitely tipped that for Hollywood... Um, everybody said we want to make billion dollar movies now um, then I think that you're going to start to see the the whole market kind of just die now let me flip that into something on a serious tip here super depressing it is a little bit super depressing yeah. <laughs> a little bit super depressing what am I going to do with my life if there's nothing good to play let me tell you why and let me tell you why the best games that you've played in the past three years and the collective you know us you uh, the best games that have come out in the past three years are not games that came out for AAA consoles. They're games that came out for your phone. Mm. Angry Birds. I mean, I, and we can make fun of Angry Birds, and we can make fun of Monument Valley, and we can make fun of, you know, Whoever these... makes fun of Monument Valley. Uh, but, Meet but, me behind the dumpster. But, but do you see <laughs> the, the, these silly, different little little games? But they're, they're simple, and they're beautiful, and I promise you, Angry Birds made more money than most of the games that, that Nintendo made last year. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about it because it was it, easy to get to. I mean, you didn't have to learn. Do you want to know how much? Would Would you like to to be on the payroll? Uh, would you like to to sweep up the coins that fall off the table at Candy Crush? Oh, oh dear. Geez. But but do you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and, Angry Birds even has a movie coming out next year too. But th- this is what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the, where creativity. When the apple cart tips, people are forced to find other places, unconventional places, to express their creativity and get the job done. And it's it often comes to people at at less of a cost, and that's why indie games right now are huge. Mm-hmm. And you don't believe me that indie games are huge. That was a big point of contention in the console wars: is that PlayStation and Xbox, which one is going to have the best indie games? You know, yeah. Because AAA titles don't have the luster on them that they have anymore because people people just smell corporate greed all over them. When people see EA's business structure and how they you know, oh. they, they live and die by DLC and they give you a game that has parts of it intentionally locked out, Capcom and all these other companies, intentionally locked out parts of the game that you have to pay to, to access. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I see these games that are like, hey, buy this, buy this game, Disney Infinity, and you can have a game with one level. But if you want another level to this $70 game that you just bought, fork out another $40. That's ridiculous. That's, that's but you want to know who made a lot of money last year? Disney, Disney. Infinity, you know? Yeah, yeah so, but did, did, did they only have to sell, like, so many units and they made so much because each unit was so expensive? Or did they actually sell more units? Like, did they reach more people with their product or do they just make more money because it costs more? Uh, I, I think I, I think probably both. I think yeah. you have to have a built-in user base. But let me flip this because I, as much as we talk about nerd stuff and, and things like that, you would think that there's nothing redeeming about this. In the past couple of years, I've noticed the exact opposite thing happening in Christ culture. I've noticed the exact opposite thing happening in the church. Uh, where I said earlier, you know, growing up, they said, trust a cop. We used to just have uh, automatic default respect for someone who is a minister, mm. respect for someone who is a pastor, respect for someone who is, you know, a man of God, a servant of God. And now 
uh, it's the exact opposite. You just there's there's a generalized assumption when someone's a Christian that if they're not a shyster, that they're at the very least a weirdo. That yeah. they're at the very least there's something wrong with them. That they're uneducated. Uh, that that perhaps they they, they there's a, some kind of a disconnect, or that they're going to be pushy, or that they're going to be rude or disrespectful. And and it's it's you still see it in mainstream uh, culture and movies that that religious type characters are always kind of looked down upon. Religious type characters are always sort of made to be the butt of jokes mm -hmm. and, and mocked. And what I'm seeing now is just like nerd culture is becoming mainstream and popular, at least for the moment, is is enjoying uh, a, a golden age. Yeah. The church, on the other hand, is, is absolutely falling, especially in America, from a time where the entire history of our country, the church had sway. The church had a voice. The church had uh, the ear of the people. And now, not at all. Yeah. You and you can see it in the legislation that's coming out and you can see it in the the laws that are being passed. Now people are are voting to say we're mm -hmm. tired of you telling us what to do. Mm -hmm. We're we're tired of listening to your book. We're tired of listening to your ideas. We have moved beyond what the church has to offer. Mm. We we live in a post-Christian world. Right. Uh, a a post-Christian America which is which is most disappointing. I mean it's it's almost getting weird how surprising it is to find out that somebody's a Christian. Like if you, that's not the first thing you think of somebody anymore. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and you know, when you, when you find out even, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to kind of play my fundamentalist card here, but when, when you find out someone's a Christian, it would not be surprising to find out uh, things that they do or say, that just a few short years ago would have been seen as incompatible with a Christian lifestyle. Right. Uh, to see Christians uh, that'll engage in extramarital sex, to see Christians that that uh, casually engage in, um, you know, alcohol or or you know other what we would think of uh, what Christians might think of as worldly pursuits. Mm -hmm. um, where just a few years ago you might you might just never think of that as being something that would be a, a functional Christian could indulge in, and now. That's just sort of an accepted, sort of maybe normal, more normal thing. Like now, I think for young Christians, um, that to to see a Christian maybe that that believes that drinking is is wrong or incompatible with a Christian lifestyle, that's probably in the minority for younger a younger generation for sure. this current upcoming generation of yeah. Christians. Yeah. I would. That's true. And 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 I, I'm I'm watching as you know I don't know if you guys keep up with these things, but the votes that are happening in our country. Hmm. How can you not <laughs> be I, I, aware of the different legislations? When we see... Facebook is flooded with yeah. it. I actually went off of Facebook. for like, I took it off all my devices because I couldn't take it. I couldn't take the constant. Because, like, okay. Because I don't know if you're going to mention this or not. When gay marriage was passed, for example, they didn't even... They skipped right to... Let's say something before the Christians can say anything. Like, I hadn't even said anything, and there were already more, more, you know, take that Christians than there yeah. was go gay pride. And I'm like, well, I didn't even say anything yet, and you're already, like, it was it was like getting in there before I, I Christians could say anything. And I'm like, I, I was off for, yeah. like, a week. Cause and like, there was, was a lot of that. Now, but There's yeah. a ton of it. In all fairness, there was a lot of Christians that went the, the same direction and the opposite direction. You know, saying, oh, yeah. you know, well, God's just left our country and now, the, you know, yeah. the, tell me why we live in a culture right now where hashtag love wins should not be about Jesus, 
where the, the greatest yeah. love story of all time and people don't associate with that. People associate that with something. And, you know, we may have listeners that are on a different side of this. We, I, we have people in our church, uh, especially younger people that are in our church that firmly believe, you know, on, on a, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a little old school, you know, but they believe on a different side. They think that, uh, that that's a value or that's something that uh, people should share in. But yeah, the conversation ask me about it one week. The conversation has left uh, being a biblical conversation has yeah. become more of a human conversation. Yeah, and I think the problem is when we become humanistic, uh, we we automatically enter a, a realm where we default on the other side of the fence from God. Yeah, because it becomes for what's sure. what's about what's right for us. Right, and um, what's just a basic human thing? Where sin is a basic human thing. Oh, and absolutely. I think that's I think that's interesting that. Well, if it's a basic human thing, it can't be bad because it's basic and human. But that's exactly what sin is. Yeah, listen. I mean, um, I lo- listen. I love milkshakes. I love triple thick chocolate milkshakes, <laughs> peanut butter right. fudge malt. I love them. Uh, but if I only if, if I indulge in that every time, I'll be dead before this show's over. Right. Yeah. Love wins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I've made a poor choice. Yeah. Uh, and and who's the authority on that? What what is right. what is the what should tell me? What voice do I have to listen to? I'm an adult. I do what I want. Who should I listen to when it comes to don't drink that milkshake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Or don't do whatever we say. Who do we listen to? I mean, do we listen to our moms? Do we listen to the government? Do I listen to the FDA? Do I read the nutritional sure. labels? It's my body. Keep your laws off my body. Mm-hmm. You know. But I, I think that that ultimately there is a rule of nature that, hey, if you do this, this will happen. Yeah. Your body is not designed to do this thing. And, and that's why, I mean, alcohol is chemically poison it's yeah it's it's, it's poison it, it it's a destructive thing um and you know let's not have the whole discussion because i'm not here to pick on that but well jesus made wine okay. and he didn't get smashed choices. every time yeah, and, he took a drink and that's and that's the for thing. goodness sake for goodness sake and we have um and even the, the same thing this same year um marijuana w- was legalized in, yeah. in certain certain states we start to see because there's momentum because mm. there's inertia when we start to see uh, the, the heart and the mind of a nation move one way um, my, my youth pastor when I was a teenager used to always tell me this uh, it, it always escalates everything escalates if mm. and, and he would say this in the context of uh, you know relational accountability yeah he'd say if you're if you you know get to the point where you're you're making out with a girl then the next time you get together you start out with making out if you mm. get to the point where you're touching on each other next time that's where you start out if you build to the point where you know you got your clothes off next time you start with your clothes off right. because things always escalate nothing nobody ever kind of like uh, tiptoes into the danger zone and then sort of like tiptoes back out and then like says I've had enough because sin and and anti-god thought is a very consuming thought and we're in a, a very addictive prone people super like our whole entire culture is based on addiction whether it's food or substance or, or entertainment entertainment even. video games are super addicting so you you have this this conversation now where people say well we've gotten away with this what comes next right and and our, the mindset of our culture is saying you know god is the the christianity is the enemy of progression of progress mm. of personal liberty uh, I want to do what I want to do, and and Christians, people that follow that book, tell me I can't. And look and look and see. I mean, in other parts of the in, in parts of the world, in Canada, if I preach against your lifestyle from the Bible, 
it's considered hate speech. They tried to do that same thing even here in America. In in Texas, there yeah. was a, a mayor that said, you, you have to submit your sermons before because if they say anything like oh, this, yeah, it's going to be considered. She, she backed up on that real quick. But I promise you, that wasn't an isolated incident. More oh, of that yeah. is coming because our country is getting into more of a, a, a climate and an atmosphere uh, uh, that's turned against God. Mm-hmm. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad thing. Is there a good side to that? What say you? I mean, I, at first glance, I don't see a good thing to that, but the silver lining, I guess you could say, is more of a a motivation for Christians to to not not to just, you know, be super hateful and super vengeful but to maybe change what love winning is. And I think that's where that, that's the exact ticket right there is that mm-hmm. what happens is cultural Christianity has taken its last breath. Uh, it's been on life support for a while. Yeah. But cultural Christianity and political Christianity and influential uh, the the influence of, of those those forms of, of religion mm-hmm. have have become no longer effective on a corporate level on a cultural level, but individual Christianity, interactive Christianity, service-based Christianity, uh, the individual accountability of Christians now has to bear the entire weight of our witness. And I think that's a good thing because I think that Christians in our country, Christians in in the West have become so acclimated to hiding behind the church, to Mm. become hiding behind the institution of Christianity that no one has had to have an application of their Christianity. And it's so easy for church people to go to church on Sunday and go back home and live exactly like everybody else. That now, now that the, the mainstream acceptance, we start to see it dwindling, it becomes a little bit of a line in the sand yeah. A little bit of a put up or shut up. Now, will you lose some people in in the struggle? Yeah, I think that you're going to have people that, that find out real quick whether they were truly committed to mm-hmm. Christianity or whether they were interested in having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, but on the same side, uh, on the other side, I think that you're going to have Christians that now all of a sudden see this is my opportunity. This is my responsibility. And I've got to live this thing out the right way. If I really believe what I say I believe about God, if I really believe what I say I believe about Jesus, I've got to start evangelizing. I've got to start witnessing. I've got to start serving. I've got to start loving. And people can stop hiding behind churches. People can stop hiding behind their their, their identity as a member of this church and perhaps start finding their identity in Christ. And when people start doing that, I think that the world, the unsaved masses, the people that have had a negative uh, perception of Christianity, and probably rightfully so, I think that they're going to start changing their minds. They're going to start seeing what love looks like in action. They're going to start seeing what someone being the hands and feet of Jesus looks like in action. And we haven't had to do that for a long time. We, we've become like the... Uh, the, the people on the axiom in Wally, yeah. you know, we've yeah. been we've been yeah. become a very a very lethargic, very hap, uh, you know, fat and happy consumer driven Christianity, very where lazy. we we've been so satisfied just feeding off of uh, you know Hillsong United's worship that we've forgotten how to worship. Mm-hmm. We've become so happy with feeding off of uh, podcasts and TV shows and and you know 
preaching series and celebrity pastors that we've forgotten how to study our Bible ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we've become so uh, happy with seeing other people do the work of the ministry that we've forgotten that we're the ones called to, to be witnesses. That you know we're the ones called to evangelize. And and it's going to be it's it's this is the season I think where you start to see people realizing that my neighbors they're my responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, the people that I work with, that's my mission field. That's my harvest. The people that I go to school with, those are the people that I'm responsible for. One day I'll stand before God. It's not, hey, let me bring him to church and let my youth pastor do all the work. It's my responsibility to live like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to love like Jesus, and to lead people to Jesus. And I think that's a church that we have not seen in our country for a very very long time. And I, for one, I, I got a little alarmed. I got a little up in arms when you start to see things going a little bit south for us. But I think that in these seasons, in these moments, you begin to see God raise up a mighty, mighty people. You begin to see God work with people that can now get excited and now get passionate and now get busy being about the Father's work. And I think that uh, the darker the world gets around us, the brighter we can shine. The brighter we can shine. I've <laughs> been hanging on to this thought for like almost the whole time we're talking about this conversation. But I noticed it's kind of weird because I know Christianity has become less and less mainstream than it was. At the same time, there's kind of like a revitalization. I know it's going to be kind of a little, it's only a little one, but with Christian hip hop, it's become so good. Like it wasn't, it's not, it used to be really cheesy. Do you want to know why? Because if you look at the parent companies of all these production companies, it's all Sony and it's all uh, they're, they're owned by people who realize that they can make money with Christian music because Christians are willing to spend dollars and, and they, they put the money into the product. Uh, so that the product could be better so that people would spend more money on it. And I think that you start to see, and, and forgive me, I can't speak to hip-hop, but I, I I know that this is true. And how many people, you know, I know people in the, the, the Christian music industry that say, you know, there's wonderful people in it, but there's people that don't care about God. They're just there to make a product. Um, there's probably sincere people and insincere people, just, just just as there would be in any any field. But, you know, on a producing level, on a marketing level, on a on a corporate level man when you look at the same people that are producing taylor swift and the same people that are producing Katy perry and the same people that are producing this are producing lecrae or producing and and you know don't don't look under that under scrutiny i'm using it as a general term but i think that the smaller it gets probably the more genuine it gets so just like the nerd thing where it's if it's more saturated then it's well look you're starting to see a big resurgence if you go into a comic shop uh, and you talk to to the people that work at the comic shop. I mean, yeah, dude, they're selling Spider Man. Yeah, they're selling Iron Man. They're selling Batman. But ask them what they're reading. They're reading, uh, you know, the, the Brian K. Vaughn books, and they're reading, you know, the the smaller books, the lesser known books. They're not reading books about superheroes with capes. They're reading comic books about people. They're reading comic books about things that that are not the ones they're making movies out of. The Five Ghosts and all that. So I, I was I listened to a, a discussion the other day that some people were making, and uh, you know, you back in the in the nineteen sixties, the, the the youth culture became very very wary about. Um, you know, if you're wearing a suit, if you're over 30, you know, mm -hmm. we can't trust the establishment, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever it is. And, fight and the man. Fight the man. And I think to a certain level now, 
there's a new establishment, you know, in maybe the creative community, it's the corporate look. It, the more polished something is, the more wary, genuine consumers of originality uh, are, are willing to, to take it. Uh, you know, why, why, Stephen, are you so mesmerized by a very simple game uh, like Journey, but then you, play, you can play Halo 5 and just be like, meh, more of the same. You know, because it's but what's behind it, I it? It's what's behind it. It's the passion of what's behind it, and there's there's something real that happens there. And what's real, I think, transcends what's polished and presented. And I think you're starting to see in these creative outlets, people are not really trusting those kind of things uh, to the same level that they they trust. Uh, you know, something that seems like it comes from someone's heart and seems like it has a little bit of like like it's speaking a truth behind it. flip the coin and go to the same uh, of, of Christianity I, th I think that we're gonna start to see a world where where the the produced Christian stuff the mega church Christian stuff the super polished you know the video package Christianity is gonna start being the the establishment that young people don't trust and, and you look at you know they already don't trust it yeah and it's the, the different yeah it's the difference with, like when you look at periscope or look at YouTube you know people why do people go to periscope because there's something transparent about it. There's yeah. something real and unrehearsed and just, I mean, you're looking at, you, you can't roll credits after your, your Periscope yeah. video. Yeah. You know, you can't put the video package together. It's just you. It's just ugly you just being real in your house. And that, that is what it is. And people are fascinated by that because it's, a, it's not polished. It's not uh, produced. It's just, it's just genuine. That's what this world wants. That's what this world needs. That's what a generation is hungry for. And, and, and that's the way that we have failed at presenting Jesus to them in a way that's that we, we hide him behind clever lyrics. We hide him behind uh, festivals and, and concerts. We hide him behind TV miniseries. We've done our very best to put makeup on him like he's an ugly God and, and make him more like us so that people will maybe possibly like him. Yeah, Jesus likes your football team. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus listens to the kind of music you listen to because Jesus wants to be your friend. Sure, Jesus would kick back and have coffee with you. At the, and maybe he would. But what if you produced a Jesus? What if you presented a Jesus to a hungry and dying world that was the Jesus that would fill them and the Jesus that would heal them and the Jesus that would comfort them and the Jesus that would be there for them and the Jesus that would transform them and the Jesus that gives hope to the hopeless? And people haven't seen that lived, so people haven't seen that presented, so people haven't believed on that Jesus. People are believing on the get-out-of-jail-free Jesus. People are believing in the fire insurance Jesus. People are believing in the he-wants-to-be-your-homeboy Jesus. I want timeless Jesus. I want the Jesus that is, not a, that is not a slave to trend. I want Jesus that is not a slave to, to demographics and market reports. I want the Jesus that doesn't care what the shareholders think. I want the Jesus that isn't trying to, to win a Grammy. I want the, because we, we look and we say, hey, Lecrae won a Grammy. Why? Does Jesus need that credibility? I saw a conversation that someone had the other day talking about, oh, look at these, look, isn't it great to have these actors who are Christians and outspoken in their faith? And, and I made a statement. I made a stink about it. It's like, 
like, look, you, you want to put out there that Chris Pratt is some fantastic, amazing Christian. Look, I'm sure he's a great guy. But why are we so desperate to have Chris Pratt be the spokesperson for our faith when we have Christ Jesus, who's been speaking the same true, timeless, unending, life-changing word forever, and all of a sudden now we're going to be validated because Star-Lord's on our side? Now, look, I don't want... Let's cheese ball. I don't want Star Lord when I got the Lord of Lords. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, 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 and you know, I don't. We don't need the validation. You know, would we be so glad if you know? I wish this person would get saved. Why? Because they want to go to heaven, or because they would make us look cooler? And that's the thing. We're trying to build a. We're, we're trying to build God's kingdom, but we've been instead building our own kingdom, yeah, one that I mean, reflects us, one that makes us look cool, and that's so counter Christian. Yeah, I mean, the Bible says in uh, John three that. You know, it's I who needs to decrease, so he might increase. You and, know, we're 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 increasing us too much, and we're decreasing Jesus. And, and we, but and we and we live in a celebrity-driven culture. We live in a culture where we want heroes, where we want people that are cooler than us, where we want people that are better looking than us, where we want people that would do the things that we wish we could do when we were faced with pressure. Because we live in a fantasy-driven, avatar-driven, vicarious. Uh, world where we want to experience things through the eyes of Tony Stark and we all everybody has the Avenger that they wish they would be everybody has the video game character that they that they wish they could be because we want to do these cool things and not even realizing that through Christ Jesus we're already capable of doing great wonderful mighty exploits that we're we're capable of literally uh, seeing the world saved because of love and because of service and 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 yet we're not but the minute people stop taking corporate Christianity seriously, the minute people stop taking political Jesus, you know, Don, Don Miller calls him supply side Jesus seriously, <laughs> then the minute the real Jesus can step up to the plate and roll up his sleeves and say, now, who's with me? And, and when the line is drawn in the sand between marketable, blue-eyed, pretty Jesus, and we get back to the one that the book of Isaiah says, look, there ain't nothing about him that should draw us to him. And yet we're following him, you know, like when that Jesus finally steps up, that's the one I'm getting behind. I, I, I need I need pretty boy Jesus to step aside. I need polished Jesus to step aside. I need Hollywood Jesus to step aside. I need Washington, D.C. Jesus to step aside. And and I want to follow the, the dirty, un, unshaven, unkempt, homeless, you know, loves loves me more than he loves himself, Jesus. And I don't want to follow him so that I can be in his entourage or have celebrity status or, you know, so that I can be seen with him. I want to follow him so that maybe one day what I do and what I say and where I go is a little bit more like what he does, says and goes, than it is like what I do. And and that's the Jesus that I want to follow. I must decrease so he must increase. Um, and, that, and that's why I think the deflation of mainstream Christianity is way better for it. Um, not so we can say, hey, here's this cool thing and finally we've gotten rid of the hangers on, but so that finally we can get to work and we don't have to worry so much about market shares and uh, you know, image, yeah. media it, appeal. It just becomes pure. It's you, When you take out the filter, you have what was raw. How did Jesus get so many followers in the New Testament without Twitter? <laughs> he he talked to he people. Spoke. You just you, you being real. People. He's being real, touching people's lives. And when he and when he when he push came to shove, only twelve remained. Listen, man, uh, you know, go back and look. Find me, find me some red letters in the Bible that Jesus was able to say what he needed to say in 140 characters or less. <laughs> yeah, you know. But uh, 
we have talked a lot about this tonight. I feel like we have gone way over time. Uh, <laughs> there's there's still a lot of great discussion to be had, and I'm sure that this is not the last we'll talk of this. But uh, there is a whole world out there that needs to see it lived out, that needs to hear the good news spoken. It's your job. Jesus said that the harvest is great and the workers are few. So get to work. It's time now more than ever. So this escalated quickly. <laughs> I feel like I just preached a sermon right now. I need need my armor bearer to hand me a towel and a <laughs> I'm not even water. mad. That's just impressive. <laughs> Glory to God. So uh, anyway, uh, that's I guess that's all the time we have for tonight. I feel like we've talked for a long time there, but uh, thank you guys for your input tonight. I guess I, I feel like I shot blocked most of your input as I just kind of talked, I think, straight for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> that's fine. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very passionate about this, man. I hope, I hope that it shows, and I hope that anything that I've said has not been disrespectful to fans or to the faithful, uh, but that it would just inspire you. And if I've said anything out of line, I, you know, I apologize. But, uh, but man, the bottom line is love God and trust God and do something about it because faith without works is D-E-A-D, dead. And uh, I know that we all are comic book fans and video game fans and there's always an extra life. Nobody ever stays dead in comic books. <laughs> but, uh, man, don't let your faith be dead because you're not doing anything with it. Uh, you, are, you are the light of the world. Your job is to reflect his light. So we love you. We bless you for the Nerd of God cast. Uh, with me is producer Steve-O. Adios, guys. Tori Line. Night, guys. The big man, Neff. See you around. And my name is Tony T. Until next time, we ain't got to go home. But we can't stay here. No, we cannot. Varsity is not a word, by the way. Is there a word that I was confusing it with? No. Nope. Just made up thing. Falsity is falsity a word? Okay. Well, you've reached the post-credit sequence in uh, what I imagine is a very long episode of the Nerd of God cast. Uh, we just want to want to give you a little, uh, little freebie here. Uh, this is uh, a good friend of the show uh, named Al Capone. You can look him up on Bandcamp. That's Al C A. PWN, very very clever. Alex Hurt is a uh, a Christ-centered rapper. He brings a lot of the nerdcore music out there, so uh, very very influenced by nerd culture, but uh, definitely glorifying Christ. Uh, we've got a great song by him from one of his earlier projects, Plus Twenty Damage. Uh, check this out. This is called "The Nerd Is Back" on the Nerd of Godcast. Rapping about my Lord and Savior, the one and only Jesus. Oh, yes, he pulled me out of some dark containers. I was in the most wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yeah, he took my place despite the sin in me. Honestly, I was once his mortal enemy. And now I'm asking for his guidance on the daily. Like, I'm his pad of one. You can call me Luke, he is Obi-Wan. Cause one day, I will be a Skywalker. But I ain't talking about being a blunt soaker. I'm talking about being up in heaven. Christ took my sin and gave me salvation. It's too dangerous to go alone as one. So I go with the risen sun. I'm just a nerd trying to praise the Lord. He died to pay a debt that I could not afford. Hey, I'm just a nerd trying to give praise to my last dying day. I'm just a nerd trying to praise the Lord. He died to pay the debt that I could not afford. Hey, I'm just a nerd trying to give praise. To my last dying day No cheat codes, although I'm going up, up But I ain't looking down, down on anyone else
paradise Hang gamble in my life like a paradise Eternal security because the devil's after me Like he put out a bounty Trying to get me in hell for eternity I've been frozen to carbonite Like I'm stuck in the water temple every single night Pure misery and torment but God rescued me Broke me from eternal slavery now I praise him in my Nurko ministry Homeless gave into my final fantasy But now I serve God with all I can All glory goes to the great I am I'm just a nerd trying to praise the Lord He died to pay a debt that I could not afford Hey, I'm just a nerd trying to give praise To my last dying day I'm just a nerd trying to praise the Lord He died to pay a debt that I could not afford Hey, I'm just a nerd trying to give praise To my last dying day